Creative Lifestyle Planning is proud to sponsor the award-winning Berkshire Football Stories podcast from Football in Berkshire. Creative Lifestyle Planning is a woking and based independent financial planning business who provide affordable, transparent financial planning for clients from all walks of life. Maybe you're saving for a property, planning for retirement, or would just like to save some money in a tax-efficient manner. Drop them a line on 0330-118-0210. That's 0330-118-0210 for a free initial consultation. And let them know Football in Berkshire sent you. Hello, Tom Canning here to introduce Football in Berkshire's interview podcast, Berkshire Football Stories. Every week, the award-winning Berkshire Football Stories podcast will bring you two great podcasts, a regular chat pod with myself, Abby Tyshurst, and host Rob Davis, as well as a second pod that will include an interview with someone from the world of Berkshire football. We've had some great guests, and uh, in the hot seat today is Hollyport Secretary Richard Tyrrell. If you like what you hear, make sure you hit subscribe to get the latest episodes every week and look us up on Twitter at FI Berkshire and Facebook by searching Football in Berkshire. In the meantime, here's Richard. Later in the episode, uh, there is a short cut where um, we had to remove some particularly libelous content from Richard about Lewis Driver. Only kidding, uh, we had a power cut midway through the podcast, so uh, please bear with us and apologies. Hi, everybody. I am here with Hollyport Secretary Richard Tyrrell. Hello, Richard. Hi, Tom. You're right. Yeah, not so bad. Not so bad. Where are you coming to us from? You're in, you're in your car. Currently you're in, in car- the car. I've just been on site. Yeah, the joys of operations manager. I'm sitting uh, around the country normally. So, yeah, I've just got a break to catch up with you while I'm in the car. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Um, I want to just talk about Hollyport, really, because I, Hollyport is a is a club I really enjoy going to. It's one of those sort of really classical. I want to say, and I don't mean this in any sort of disrespect. It's a, it's very much a. Oh, there's a football club here. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, no, in, a, in a very in a very non-league sort of almost like grassroots way, even but in in respect that it is it's developed and it's become a. Uh, a ground for for serious non-league football but it's just very much cricket cricket stuff other stuff other stuff are we there yet oh yeah yeah there, <laughs> yeah, there, there is there's a load of trees and somehow everybody parks and everybody has a has a nice time yes but hollyport's a serious football club and you're a massive part of that football club we were just talking before we started this that you know you have many many roles what what why are you involved in in hollyport football club in the first place yeah, so I suppose it will start probably about 20 years ago, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> my brother-in-law was playing for Burnham Juniors at the time, and they just merged with Hollyport to create a reserve side in the third side. Um, 
and I just got my weekends back again then, um, just from, I used to work part-time, used to play a bit of cricket as well for Boyne Hill. And then Glenn, brother-in-law, was like, why don't you get involved in football again? Come down, Hollyport's here, they've got a third side, reserve side. So that's how it started, really. And I remember that pre-season was spent putting the post and rail up around the pitch, actually. Um, we had a couple of working parties on Saturday mornings, and I've always been a bit like you. I've always been someone who gets involved in a project. You know, you do things, you want to help out. And from there, it just sort of escalated, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) Joined the committee eventually when the floodlights went in. Um, That was very much the first sort of meetings I went to. They'd just been rejected by the local council and the guys had to go up to Bristol, I think, to main government to get the backing of those. And then since then, I've just slowly, obviously, Graham Broom was involved as secretary and he stepped aside when he was 60. And I've sort of slowly, willingly or not willingly, taken taken more roles on. So, yeah. It's it's kind of a case that if you don't, what happens to the club, isn't it? At yeah, times? That, that's it how it goes. Yeah, that's how it goes. It really is. You know, as everyone knows at this level, finding volunteers who are happy to commit, it, it's it's really hard. And you know, you get a lot of people who come down and say, "I want to get involved," and I'm always very much, "Well, I'm not going to chase someone if they want to get involved. They want to get involved for the right reasons. If I'm having to chase someone to get involved, are they really in it? You know, are they going to be committed in the in the long run? Um, and it's it's great, you know. I think for us during lockdown, we've got Rich Harvey on board, his lad Jay. They're, they're a godsend to us now. And like I was just saying, we've got two new um, two new committee members come on, um, Neil McGuinness and Chris Ward. So effectively, there's sort of six of us now um, because there's lots going on behind the scenes at the football club at the moment. It's taken up a lot of time. So it's great. We're in a off the field. You know, we're trying to do what we can to run the club as professionally as we can. Like you say, we know in terms of summer leagues as a whole, it's not the most, I say, when I say this, it's not the most welcome of places. We try and make it welcome mm. from a personnel point of view, but we know it's when it's wet and muddy, you're going to get wet and muddy. You know, we know that, um, you know, and there's certain, certain things we're trying to do long-term that will improve that. Obviously we've just got planning permission for the new tea bar, um, which is a godsend. That's one of the projects I'm working on at the moment in terms of getting, specifications out to builders so we can get the the tender document done so we can then go into the football foundation in an ideal world that will be in sort of pre-season time but as with any, everything i know builders are busy etc so whether that's going to happen or not i don't know but that's what we're aiming for there's as you say there's a, there does seem to be a lot going on behind the scenes and you've got these developments coming in at the moment obviously refreshments and everything are served from a bit of a shack yeah it, it's it's going to be great to to have something a little more permanent i presume exactly that so we've done obviously because where we are we're on green belt we're on floodplain we always knew it was going to be difficult but thank you for everyone who supported the application we had 50 odd people supporting it no objections which was fantastic we had to do quite a lot of work behind the scenes with councillors getting them on boards um because they're very much policy says green belt policy says this but if you look at the bigger picture we've designed it it's currently it'll be raised off the floor 200 mil so it won't flood We've we've gone down the avenue of making it timber clad to suit the environment. We've got a green, one of these cedar roofs, so it looks like plants on top. Yeah. So that fits in as much as we can. But yeah, for us, it will be great because, like you say, it won't be tea from the shack bar anymore. We're have a proper a proper kitchen area. We can prepare proper hot food. Yeah. And on the side of that, we're gonna have a little ticket office. So someone can sit inside, take people's money when they come in, etc. And just be a bit more professional and a bit more, yeah, just a bit better for the club, really. 
and and obviously, I, I mean, we'll, we'll we'll sort of talk about the football side of things in in a little bit, but the 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 ground, the surround as well, because you, you're kind of like a football pitch on a field. It's like there's yes. field, 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 football pitch, and and that kind of it's quite a nice aesthetic in a way. Um, it's very different to what you get in a lot of other places. Um, I know you've spoken to me a little bit in the past about developments going on around there. Do you do you know what's going on at the, yeah, what's the latest? Yeah, so. We always say some of these in the summer is one of the nicest places to yeah. live. And I'm the winter, it's one of the worst places to <laughs> when the wind blows across from Cookham. So literally in the last two weeks, the lo- there's a thing called the local borough plan for Maynard and Windsor. Um, and Spencer's Farm, as that is actually technically called down there, has been approved as one of the sites to have, I think it's 330 houses and a primary school built on it. Um, so as you look down our pitch from yeah. sort of the, you know, the T-bar end, if you want to call it, to the... To the left-hand side, that would be where the housing effectively is. Um, and that that effectively has gone through. So that site will be developed at some point, as far as I'm aware. They've held public consultations in terms of the development uh, to get the neighbouring views of what they're happy with, not happy with. So I can't see that not going through. Um, and for our, from our point of view, it's, it's a catchment area. All of a sudden, there's mm. 330 homes there, 1,000 people potentially, if we can get another 50 people to come down or a couple of people to volunteer who want to get involved. And obviously off the back of that, we're hoping there will be developments to our, to our ground. Um, obviously changing rooms potentially, but we have to be fenced in because we're no longer on private land. So yeah. that'll help it feel like a bit more like a football ground um, and stuff like that. So there is stuff bubbling away behind the scenes in regards to that. Yeah, it's, it's it's quite uh, it's quite interesting because you're you're sort of you're you're going to have it'll be a bit. Did you ever remember seeing the um, and and there's maybe a massive leap, but the the pictures of the old Wembley when before everything around it was developed, it was kind of just in the middle of nowhere. Yes, and and and, and maybe perhaps some of these will be a little bit similar in that it's a football pitch surrounded by and suddenly you'll have a load of. Uh, a load of sort of housing and stuff and as you say it, you could well have a nice little catchment there and I suppose with a mm. the school there's potentially some some crossover there with with pitches and because you'd presume they will have a 3G uh, yeah I don't know at the moment it's very much the plans I think are very much sort of just block 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 mm. right you know so in terms of the finer detail on that and that's one thing we have spoke to the land landowner about is that potential of that link up with the school yeah. you know in depending what facilities we have you know the school could potentially use it during daytime and then we've got it during the yeah. evenings saturday so there's a lot more yeah a lot of discussions to be had about and and peter who owns the land is very much behind community and what mm. can the community do for each other etc so yeah yeah hopefully i'd say it should be positive those sorts of link-ups seem to work very well recently. Uh, I know Binfield have got a good link with a new school that was built, mm-hmm. as have Wokingham. Um, so it does seem to does seem to, and and of course Bracknell Town as well have got the link yes. with with yeah. Ranelagh. So so it does seem to be working working positively in, in that mm. respect. So that would be that would be something to, um, yeah. So so Hollyport as a, as a whole, obviously, um, the, the, you've got quite a good link with Maidenhead in terms of getting a few supporters down when, when they yep. haven't got games on and stuff like that. How, how deep does that go? Is that something that you really try and nurture? Yeah, we try. So that started a couple of years ago in a, in earnest. We were like, you know, we, we were struggling for numbers. Like we say, it's not the best place to go in the winter. And we were like, well, hang on. Even if we get someone in for a pound, mm. a mainly United season ticket at the time, which we were doing for a pound, it's like they might buy a cup of tea. They might buy some food. So well, like with anything, it's, it's the add-ons, you know, Whilst you're gain, losing a little bit on the gate, what can you gain when they come in? And not, and not, not only that, during during um, lockdown, we've done it at three pounds to come in for everyone. 
because we're like everyone's having a bit of a hard time. And also, if someone's paying three pound and the game's rubbish, no one's going to go away and say, "Hang on, I spent eighteen quid today getting in. I'm not going there again." So you got to, you know, sometimes you got to think outside the box a little bit and think, well, what can we do? And now, it's great. Our number, I think, if you look at the the league table for average attendance, we sit about eighth. Yeah, I think we average about eighty a game, roughly, which for us is fantastic because, like I say, we don't have the best offering of what we can offer people. You know, we will give you, you know, have a good chat, friendly atmosphere, of course. But in terms of aside from that, yeah, it can get wet, it can get cold. So for us to be in the in the top, I think, like I say, I think we're about eighth. For us, that's fantastic, and thank you for those people who keep coming down and supporting us. Um, I probably should have put this in the ground development segment of the uh, of the of the chat here, but I just want to just go right back to to, to the beginning. I, I I've been to to uh, Summer Lees a, f- a few times now. I've managed a team at Summer Lees. Um, can you tell me what is happening with the dugouts? Because I and, and I know this was horrible for you, and I think I, I think I might have DM'd you privately at the time when that dugout blew into the river. No yeah. one was more happier than I was because <laughs> those things are headache. Just like you know, it's there, but still, yeah. if you don't bash your head on it once again, it's, it's maybe yeah. all right for Derek Sweetman. He's a little bit shorter than me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but those things deadly. Well, they've been. I think the previous storm we had a couple of years ago, probably when you said the roof got blown <laughs> off and ended up in the stream behind it. We got we got some money from the football foundation and we and we redone it, we rebuilt it. It survived Storm Eunice or whatever she was yeah, a couple yeah. of weeks ago. So unfortunately they are there to stay. Oh man. Moment, Tom, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh well that's it. That, this is why I quit management. So <laughs> Um, I mean, I mentioned Derek there. Obviously, I, I, I got a lot of time for Derek. He's a he's a fantastic guy. Um, obviously, on the pitch, things aren't going quite as well, I guess, as you would. It seems to be very up and down. Yeah, I think I think fair play and credit to the lads, actually, to be honest with you, because when we started the season, we always knew it's going to be a big jump. We were mm. quite clear. We you know we haven't got a playing budget for the side. Um, and the first, I don't know, without looking at the records, the first two months were hard. We were losing 4 nils. I remember Eglin at home, 4-1 maybe. And all of a sudden it became apparent that it's like, actually, this is a big jump up. Because obviously we've done Hellenic Prem. And to be fair to Hellenic Prem, that was just a bit more, quality wasn't like it is in the combined counties. It was very much more, a lot more physical. If yeah. you could deal with the physicality of it, a lot more long ball football, whereas you were coming up combined counties where you've got some, some good players stepping down from high levels. I remember when we played Egram, there are two ex-manager United players playing potential midfield. And yes, you look on paper that they're 34, 35, 36, but they just run the show because yeah. they've got that experience. Um, but then aside from that, they've got the pace and the technical players. And mm. yeah, it was just a, a... But after t- about two months or so, the lads really adapted and that's credit to the management and the efforts they've put in and also the players. And you'll see now from our results, apart from like Handworth over Christmas, which is a good side. <laughs> yeah. I think we lost 4 0 at home. But we're in that game till 65 minutes. And we are in games now, week in, week out. Um, you know, Tadley last yeah, last Saturday. Um, we lost 3 1, but goal dubiously disallowed. Then they scored with a wind assisted corner. Another one hit the post and fell to them. Then we're two one. Second half we sort of battered them. They clear one off the line literally the last seconds, went straight up the other end and, and scored 3 1. And then Ascot Tuesday, we deserved a point out of that. And then I think the game against Hounslow, to be fair to the lads, we had no game for three weeks and then we have three games in a week. I just yeah. think it got to the point that the lads were just, we got a small squad and, you know, I think the lads, it just got to the point where, you know, a bit of fatigue had set in by that yeah. point, to be fair. And the lads were just, they won't, they won't say it, but I think they were just tired. Legs were tired and, 
We just didn't, to be honest, the lads put their hands up, we just didn't turn up. And ultimately, if we'd been 80% of that Hounslow game, we would have won the game. But it's one of those things. It's not like they've pulled eight points clear of us. They're one point ahead of us. There's lots of games left. There's, what, seven or eight games left for us of winnable games. Spell form, we've beaten them away. Redding City, we lost 2-1 away. Uh, Windsor, we drew with. So there's games where we know we can pick points up. But, you know, we know we've got to be at our best to pick those points up. So, and we just have to see what happens. I, I appreciate from a football footballing perspective as a supporter of your own football club, and and certainly I know Derek won't want want this, but is it a big deal if if Hollyport are back down in Division One? What 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 are the what are the ramifications if Hollyport went down? If 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 you guys didn't didn't finish seventeenth? Yeah, I don't think ramifications from our point of view. We need to obviously we need to have discussions in house with management, etc. Yeah. I think. We want to be a step five club. Of course we do, because it's not just that. It's the players you attract. You attract slightly better players. And you do get better crowds. You get slightly better crowds from what we've seen this year. Um, and in terms of where the club should be, I know a lot of people will probably say, oh, you know, and we do get it. We get a lot of players come to our place and say, oh, this is, what's this place? It's blah, blah, blah. But ironically, a lot of those players who are saying that when they come to Hollyport are from clubs who don't actually have their own ground. Yeah. They ground share at other places. And it's like, well, at least we've got something of our own. Yeah. Um, and we're lucky to have that but we want to be a step five club but we've always said it we're not going to bankrupt a football club to set step five football because that doesn't get you anywhere um, so if whatever happens we end up step six we end up step six and we put a plan in place to get back into step five football we've always been as you know we've sort of always been between the two just floating yeah, around yeah. Um, so yeah it's we have, I suppose from our point of view we've got to have discussions within the management group and see what, you know, their ideas are. And we see what happens with the league table at the end of the day. Seven to eight games to go. If we finish bottom, we know we're down. If we finish second from bottom currently on points per game, I think we're good enough to stay up. But, yeah, we don't want to finish second from bottom. But I think the way results have gone the last couple of weeks, we've woken the member up, picking up a lot more points. Yeah. Virginia picking up a few here. That gap has just increased a little bit. Um, but I might be wrong. I, might, I know we got woken them in a couple of weeks. But if we win that, I think the gap might only be down to two points. All of a sudden, it it shrinks that down a little bit. I might be wrong on that. But seven games to go. We're going to give it our all for seven games and we see what happens. It, it does, um, yeah, it, it certainly it certainly does seem like it's a, it's a fairly close run thing at the moment. Um, I've completely forgotten what I was going to ask you. I had, a, I had something ready to go and I, that's just... That's right, mate. Right, sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was it. Having spoken to a number of the managers of Combined Counties League Premier Clubs in our area this season that were in Hellenic last season, it does seem, I, I feel like they weren't necessarily surprised that it's tougher, but it definitely is tougher. Yes, I, yeah, 100% agree with you. You've only got to look at, let's say, the bottom half of the table. And I'm not, apologies if I'm naming teams who aren't actually down up in the table <laughs> since the weekend and a lot going on. But Windsor, Reading, us, Wokenham, they're all, I would think, in that bottom half of that table. Um, and I don't, I don't think there's, you know, league table doesn't lie at the end of the day. I just think, like I said earlier, some of the, the technical players are coming up and some of the pacing teams. That It is a better footballing league. There's no doubt about that. Um, and like I say, in a one-off game, you can do things. But when you're doing it over 40 games, it, you know, the truth yeah. comes out, doesn't it? 
Yeah, I feel I feel a little bit like um, that some clubs really benefited from from the pandemic. Some clubs came out. Um, I remember talking to Pat Chambers, the Hungerford chairman, and he literally said, "If it wasn't for the pandemic, we probably wouldn't still be here mm. because they were bottom of the national league, struggling, and and it, and it just everything was going wrong." And I feel a little bit like the opposite has happened to Hollyport because Div One in Division One of the Hellenic, you had you had a really strong side, and then yeah. we kind of had two years taken, and those players, some of those players, have inevitably moved on. Is that is that fair? Yeah, absolutely. That is that's fair. We like you say we were. I think in the first first one when it got shut down, I think we were second or third. Yeah, and I think sort of similar in the second one. Yeah. Um, and we went up, like I say, the four teams, I think it was a top three, I can't remember, that went up. So we always knew we were going to be bordering on that. But like you say, it, if it had happened year one, we would have been, we probably would have had three or four players with us who are of that, you know, that mm. step five and would have added to us and have gone on and are doing really well at step five clubs now. Um, but obviously the longer it goes on and it got dragged out, and like you say, unfortunately, we lost a couple of players. Look, we always wish any player well. Whatever player wants to go on and push themselves, we're always here. If something happens and it doesn't work out, or you know, for whatever reason a player wants to come back to us, it's, it's all we never fall out of anyone. It's not how we are. You know, we are. We're a friendly club, and we'll welcome any player back with open arms if they want to come back to us. You know, but meantime, we wish them well as they go on. And if, you know, if they can go even harder in step five, go and test yourself at step four. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Um, but yeah, I think it was a little bit counterproductive for us the delays we had because of covid um i want to just kind of finish off a little bit um obviously your your kit is quite standout um, yes I, I remember for a little i know we've had a conversation on pitch side about this i know for a little while you were you were going with the um with the, with the sort is it claret is that is that the color yeah claret is classed as claret claret and green yeah yeah you were going with the claret shorts for a little while and i wasn't a big fan of that and i, th- I mm. think you were i think you, but is it is it an intentional sort of portuguese thing or was it just how it ended up I, I well I don't know I think when I first joined the club it's horrendous we had yellow socks green shorts and then claret <laughs> shirts and I think that was the background from the the badge mm. and then over time I can't remember how it changed but it's like these it, it just it was horrendous the color co- combination so eventually we went with the claret green claret which some people like some people don't I'm quite happy with it I think we only really went over to all claret because we had an FA Vars game where Ivy Bridge um, and the colours they wore just meant we couldn't do anything. So we had to go all claret, and the lads loved it. <laughs> so then a couple of other times we had clashes, so we changed. Um, so, yeah, our colours are claret, green, claret. That's what we're sticking to. We are, obviously, because we it's effectively our 125th year this year, but we're effectively going to start it from the first of the new season coming in. <laughs> um, we're just signing off on a, a new custom kit for the year, oh, wow. 125th. We've got a new logo that will be coming out for the 125th. Just a bit more classical. Um, that I've uh, one of the students at Bucks Uni came on board and helped work with us. We've got new pin badges. We've got some limited edition bobble hats. So we're going to be doing bits and pieces. I'm currently speaking to um, some clubs about some bigger preseason games for us mm-hmm. as well. And in time, we'll be speaking as a you know as a board about supporting a charity or two as well. So we can hopefully make some any things we do, we, we can put a percentage of profits across to some charity yeah. as well. Because it's not you know we're very much aware. We always try and do stuff for charity each year because we're very much aware. We're always saying to companies, can you sponsor us, etc. So it's sometimes nice to put you know a bit back if we can do it as well. So it's not all take take take. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we've we've got some big plans for effectively the next season because it'll be our 125th year which is great. 
Uh, and, and with with developments as well off off the pitch, that that should that should stand you in good stead. Um, let's just let's just do a couple of quick fire questions just to finish off. Um, best ever Hollyport player. Oh, I'd probably say Lewis Driver. Why? Uh, just when he joined us, when he was like eighteen or nineteen, he was just raw, tenacious, wouldn't give up on anything, and he was he was just a great player back then. I'm not saying he isn't, Lou, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> he just scored for Southall the other day, actually, funny enough. Um, but yeah, he was just a he was just a, a raw talent. It was it was just a great player, to be fair. When he was there, and we eventually lost him. We turned down approaches from Windsor when we had him. Who was step five at the time? So he was step four, uh, step six, and eventually he went to Burnham and he went on and did done great things with Ryan Bird at Burnham that season. When then between the two of them, they scored a hatful of goals and got promoted again. Um, so yeah, I'd say Lewis Driver. Yeah. Hi, Richard. We've made it back. Um, technology notwithstanding, um, and and power and all of that nonsense. Um, you were you were talking about Lewis Driver um, being probably the best player you've. You've seen at Hollyport, um, obviously off doing 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 quite well for himself uh, on on the pitch at the moment. Do you think he'll be back ever? Uh, well, ironically, I think we had the opportunity to bring him back in a couple of weeks ago when he was looking for game time. Mm. Um, I think it just came a bit too soon. I think it was the Ascot. Well, ironically, it was the Ascot game that got um, postponed because obviously we had a bit of a COVID outbreak anyway. And then since then, he's he's gone to Southall and he scored the other the other night against Hounslow for them. So never say never. Um, so yeah, be welcome back. But I know he's doing doing well at Chertsey. And obviously, I'm not sure. I think he's involved with the management side at Chertsey now. I might be wrong on that. But no, always be welcome back. Um, best moment or match or, or what, what would you say? What's the thing that stands out for you the most? Uh, crikey, that's a tough one. So we, we had some good days. Ivy Bridge away a couple of years ago when we got a nil-nil. But it, it was a blooming exciting nil-nil. We pulled off some great saves. Jake Quelching goal for us. But also we had a couple of great chances. And then little things like the first year we got promoted, we were away to Shortwood. Um, crikey, what year was that? I don't know. Was that 2012? Hey, they know. were a good side. Great side. That was the year they had the FA Cup run as well. Mm, mm, they and, were a very um, good side. We, yeah, Jamie Hanscom, I think, or was it Lewis? One of the two, I think it was JH. JH nicked a last one equalised and drew 1 1. And I just remember the celebrations at the end. Um, and that was a great day out, you know, because that's our first year when we went up and they had a good budget at the time. I remember speaking to their manager, very open. He said at the time they're paying 800 quid a week. Cool. Um, and obviously that would have escalated because they had that great FA Cup run. I think they got yeah. Plymouth, Plymouth at home. Um, which I used the money to redo their floodlights, but yeah, some great memories. So yeah, some good games. And and sort of what does what does the future hold then for Hollyport, and what does the future hold for Richard? How long do you think you'll you'll keep going? Yeah, well, it's one of these things like you know, with kids, obviously it becomes harder and harder to dedicate the time to it. So I've got an understanding of my wife, who's great, Lou. Um, I don't do away games on a Saturday. I do the home games on a Saturday. Midweek, I'm okay mm. to go out. Out, obviously because you know like to do things as a family um so that balance is fine at the moment i think from my point of view <laughs> <laughs> i might get an angry email she might say otherwise um but i've got no aspirations of stepping aside it'd be great to pass some of the responsibilities i'll do on to other people as we grow as a committee um because we are taking on a couple of junior sides next season which is great they've come to us and they want to be part of the club which shows we're doing something right um, so we probably want to grow the junior side a little bit if we can to get some more engagement there with the young kids coming through the club and get the club out there a bit more in the public domain. You know, we're, it's, it's very difficult where we are because we sit below Manage United who have done great things in the community mm. and they've got, you know, got that back in. 
and they get great crowds and stuff. So, you know, if we can jump on the back of that a little bit and try and get ourselves out there and just grow the club a little bit more and also improve the facilities we can offer people when they come down to watch watch football, really. It, it sounds like uh, it sounds like things are moving in the right direction. Fingers crossed Hollyport stay at step five. Um, it'll be an interesting run-in, I think. Um, are, you, are you nervous about the run-in or, or are you full of confidence? Uh, yeah, I'd say more nervous, to be honest with you. It's the games... The games you expect to get something from are going thinking, mm, don't fancy us today. Mm. Whereas, and then when you go to like the Ascot games and stuff like that, you think, well, we've got nothing to lose. So it's yeah. the only sort of game. So you think, well, if we nick a point, we nick a point. Great. And I suppose that reflects on the players as well. There's no pressure on them. Yeah. They're not expected to get anything. So, yeah. Holly do, do feel like a team a little bit, a little nick one where you don't expect it. Mm. And then, yeah. And, and then as we sort of talked about, like, and then not get anything out of Hounslow, which on paper you'd think that yeah. they should be they should be getting something from that and it mm. does seem to be a little bit like that whether that's a you know we, i guess we'll see how the season unfolds yeah but, um, yeah, see what um, yeah. <laughs> well I, I mean let's let's face it um just finishing a season wherever you wherever hollyport end up wherever any team ends up finishing a season after the last two years we've had mm. is, is probably just the most that all of us can can hope for oh, and, and the, yeah exactly the the highs and lows of football up down mm. you know if 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 it if it doesn't come off this year then you know I, I I'd ex- I'd fully expect Hollyport to be pushing to go to go straight back again so so let's let's yeah, see exactly. if that if the worst does happen then like you say we make plans and we we you know we make put a plan in place to be able to push back on and get back to step five as quickly as we can so but hopefully fingers crossed that doesn't happen. <laughs> Richard, thank you very much for your time over two separate spells. You're even in a different location now at this point. So um, thank you ever so much for your time. Um, and I'm sure we will speak soon. Yeah, thank you, Tom. And thank you for the guys, the work you do at F Football in Berkshire. It's great stuff. So thank you very much for your efforts as well. No problem. We we enjoy ourselves. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll speak soon, Richard. Thank you. Yeah, great stuff. Thank you. Cheers, Tom. hosted by Tom Canning and featured special guest Richard Tyrrell. It was cobbled together by me, Tom Canning. Our intro music is called Space Camp from the album Everyday Adventures by Reading's very own Rocket Kings, which you can find on Spotify and all good music outlets. Find Football in Berkshire on Twitter, Facebook and www.footballinbarkshire.co.uk. Creative Lifestyle Planning is proud to sponsor the award-winning Berkshire Football Stories podcast from Football in Berkshire. Creative Lifestyle Planning is a woking and based independent financial planning business who provide affordable, transparent financial planning for clients from all walks of life. Maybe you're saving for a property, planning for retirement or would just like to save some money in a tax-efficient manner. Drop them a line on 0330 118 0210. That's 0330-118-0210 for a free initial consultation and let them know Football in Berkshire sent you.